0: doesn't, does Eric. My name is Lynn Stevens from Hudson, Ohio. I'm here to tell you a story that happened like a year ago. This was at night, I'd say around nine, ten o'clock p.m. So I wake up and I feel like I'm being watched. So I get up and I get my glasses and I'm pretty bad at seeing. So I could have just seen something weird. But I woke up and it was kind of like cloudy out and I'm by a highway and so i see this like white thing over in like this swamp area by my house and i'm like what is that so i look a little bit closer and i see it's kind of like moving but it's not moving closer it's just staying in the same position like moving in like right place and freaked me out because i didn't know what was going on but like in past episodes i heard and around season 11 or 10 or something, I heard that someone had an experience with a white creature that kind of looked like the creature I saw. And I was like, dang, I'm not the only one. Wow. This creature was skinny, white, and it kind of had like a light reflecting off of it. It was all on fours, and it was just like staring. I hope that was a good story. Love the show. Goodbye.
1: Thank you, Landon, for calling in. Sounds like you've witnessed one of these pale crawlers that folks have been reporting lately. This newish phenomena, or at least new to most of us, seems to depict exactly what Landon claimed he saw that evening. A tall, pale, humanoid creature. And I suppose Ohio is the place to do it. Of all the reports that I've received of this alleged creature, a lion's share seems to center around the Ohio Valley, in northwestern Appalachia. And coincidentally, near large cave systems. Now some have theorized that that could mean a population of these things live beneath the ground in these caverns. And as it turns out, Landon's home and location of his sighting also happens to be in close proximity to the cave systems found in the Cuyahoga National Park, just a few short miles away. Now, we'll for sure revisit this topic in a further episode. Until then, thanks again, Landon, for calling in. And welcome, everyone, to Monsters Among Us. I am your guide, Derek Hayes. Now, I have something fun lined up for you guys this evening. Something a young Derek would have devoured as a kid. Well, he'd gladly devour it even today. Now, it's not a special episode, per se, but a fun compilation of stories all centered around one particular subject. Monsters, beasts, boogeymen, and other vile creatures found in the darkness. Now if you're a UFO fan or a ghost enthusiast, don't switch off that dial just yet. I have a few of those entries to sprinkle in as well. But yet for the most part, this evening's episode will be a creature feature, if you will. A collection of hair-raising calls, like this one, out of Missouri.
2: Devin, welcome to the program. Hello, this is Devin calling from Washington, Wenatchee. The encounter that I want to tell you happened in Missouri. It was Martin City. So I was probably about... 14 maybe 15 when it had happened and I was in a group home type facility and I had uh I had run away and I was on the run and I was in the woods when this had taken place I was walking through the woods and I had come across a soybean field and it was in the middle of the night I would guess probably between 11 and midnight somewhere in there I was walking through the soybean field and I was well I was getting ready to walk into the soybean field I just exited the woods and had entered into the soybean field and I was watching a herd of deer that were eating the soybeans they hadn't noticed me yet and all of a sudden they lifted their head and they looked over to the wood line across the soybean field on the other side of me and they got really scared they took off and ran into the woods and i wondered what they had seen in missouri we don't have a lot of apex predators besides like coyotes feral dogs in the location that i was in we do not have any mountain lions bears anything like that. But I had seen a figure step out of the woods and walk into the soybean field. It looked like a person wearing a trench coat and they had the same looking hat as the Jeepers Creepers guy. I didn't know what to think at first. I thought it was a person, maybe a homeless person. So I had kind of stepped back into the wood line And I seen the figure kind of crouch down, and then he jumped up. I would probably say about 10 to 15 feet is what it looked like. And then a pair of bat-like wings came out, and he had flapped down really hard. And I could hear the sound of the wings flapping. As he ascended At first I didn't think that it was real I was kind of in Awe and shock So much that I wasn't even really Scared He jumped up and when he started To fly away he was Flying in the opposite direction Of me so his back was facing Basically towards me When he flew away And he flew over the woods And that was the last that I had seen. He didn't make any other sounds, but I could definitely hear the sound of his wings flapping as he flew away. To this day, I still don't quite believe what I've seen. I don't know what it is. I I do believe that demons walk this earth, so maybe that was it. Yeah, I just wanted to share that story. I've never really told anybody that in fear that nobody would really believe me, but I wanted to share that story on here. I hope you can use this, and thanks again. Thanks, Devin.
1: It's never a good sign when the wildlife around you alerts and scatters, especially when it's not you that caused them to do so. What do they know that you don't? And jeepers, creepers... That's exactly what I get from this call as well. It's hard not to conjure that image. But more on that in a bit. Now, despite the fact that what Devin saw seemed to be something straight off the silver screen, he's not the only one to have seen it. And he's not the only one to claim the creature, whatever it is, is nothing conjured up in Hollywood. In July of 1998, near Turkey Creek, Missouri, just 80 miles to the southwest of where Devin had his experience, this infamous run-in occurred. Three men stumbled upon something eerily similar and utterly terrifying. Here is coverage of the event featured in the television show, Monsters and Mysteries in America. After treading upon a mysterious cave,
3: the trees around them came alive. We heard a whooshing sound, like a like a bird flapping its wings, but really loud. And we're all waiting. And then I'll never forget the noise. It was just so unbelievable, so loud, so piercing.
4: They were face to face with
1: an ungodly winged beast.
3: It was probably seven feet tall. No hair, the way it looked, it wasn't meant for a peaceful confrontation, I can tell you that. I don't know where it went, it just disappeared and took off.
1: Now, the fact that this entity was not wearing a hat or clothing is an obvious feature missing from the original account. But the flying humanoid detail, well, that's not missing nor is it missing from this subsequent interaction with a flying humanoid that occurred on October 8th of 2020. An anonymous caller from Cape Giardo, Missouri, reached out to Tobias Wayland, the lead investigator of the Singular Fortean Society, to describe her unsettling account with an unusually large winged creature. The caller recounted that one evening, she, her fiancé and two young girls were driving through the neighborhood admiring all the houses decorated for Halloween. As they were returning home, their car crested a hill, and waiting for them on the other side, less than 100 feet from their vehicle, was something like a human figure but with wings. The feet and toes were pointed to the ground. It had scrawny legs but muscle at the calf. The caller took note that the monstrosity was no more than six feet tall with wings that looked like they were made of skin. She observed that although the wings were closed, they weren't as long as the body. Its face, she said, was really little and round. It was bigger than a bird. It didn't look like a bird. When I saw it, it was kind of like the monster from Jeepers Creepers. A light from a nearby softball field illuminated the humanoid figure which caused its silhouette to appear blacker than the night itself. The woman had the impression that the entity leaped or dove from the tops of the trees into the right side of the road. The entire encounter lasted between six to eight seconds. Now this encounter took place a little further away, roughly 275 miles to the southeast. But those same details are there. Humanoid shape, large, bat-like wings. Someone or something flying through the air. And this witness even made the same comparison to the two thousand one horror film Jeepers Creepers. That's gotta count for something. So something like this happening once is strange. Twice is unusual. Three times. Well it's something certainly worth noting. So with that information in mind, We dove into past paranormal experiences in the show-me state, and to everyone's surprise, the area in which Devon had his run-in with something sinister in the skies, has already experienced and named this very beast. They call it the Kansas City Winged Demon.
4: For quite some time, there have been sightings of a strange bat-like creature around the Kansas City area. It was said to have the body the size of a man, large leathery wings with a 12 foot wingspan, the face of an ugly man, and glowing red eyes. In 2018, a man was sitting on his front porch when he kept hearing an odd clicking noise. After a while, he tried to find where the sound was coming from and was shocked to see this creature standing in a nearby tree. Later that night, he claimed that the creature was even heard walking around on his roof, making the same noises as before. In 2019, a man was walking his dogs at night when he suddenly noticed the same being flying over his head about the height of telephone poles. He claimed it didn't make a single noise, but it flew away after his dogs caught sight of it and started barking.
1: Now that clip comes courtesy of Ben Miller on YouTube. He has some amazing programming over there
4: and he covers some cryptids
1: that even I hadn't heard of. So give him a listen next time you're surfing for some spooky content. Now if all these experiences tell me anything, it's that people are seeing something above the skies over the Ozark State. And we thank you, Devin, for bringing it to our attention. Oh, and by the way, if you don't already know of the eerie origins of the movie Jeepers Creepers, check out the show notes and learn how an unsolved mystery segment inspired one of the creepiest films of the early 2000s. And if you too have an experience with a flying humanoid, or any true supernatural or paranormal experience that you would like to share here on the show, simply call our hotline at 1-888-608-NIGHT. That's 1-888-608-N-I-G-H-T. Or you can just record your story on your phone and shoot it to me in an email at podcast at gmail.com. Now next up, we blur the line between monster and entity with this entry from Eric in Canada.
5: Hi, my name's Eric. I'm from Canada, and I have a very weird experience. I just figured I'd share, because why not? It's, It's tough for me if I believe in the paranormal or not fully. Like, I've seen so many stories that, like, provide evidence and... They're pretty solid, too, so I especially was into it at the time, so I, I had the mindset for it. I live in a pretty small town, not lit very well. This is where this story starts. I was about 11 or 12 at the time. I was walking home from my middle school, and I was walking home pretty late. I stayed late because I was hanging out with friends. I couldn't help but shake the feeling I was being watched, something. Not sure what. Didn't feel like a person. That's one distinct feature I noticed. And nothing happened on the way home. I got home, and of course it was time for bed, because I got home late. And I was going to go to bed, but you know what? I figured, okay, I'm going to play on my 3DS. So I went down to my living room, because I live in a three-story house. So there's my living room when you walk in, and then there's stairs that take you upstairs, obviously. And I went down, I took my 3DS, and I hid it in my sock. It's the the timeless way to hide things. Put it in your sock. And I went up to my stairs, and for a bit of an explanation here, my hallway is banana-shaped. So my room is on the very left the second you get up the stairs, and then there's a bit of a long hallway that leads to my parents' bedroom. And I got upstairs, and I could have sworn I saw something in my peripheral vision, so I turned, and there's this long dark-looking thing in the corner by my parents' bedroom door. And I remember I'm, I just kind of frozen there. I'm staring at it, and I'm looking, and then it, it kind of like slumps over and falls to the floor, and it makes a thump. It made a thump when it landed, and then a few seconds later, it just started sliding towards me. Like, no movement, no arm movement, no leg movement, just started moving. And I, of course, I (laughs) accordingly freaked out, panicked, and went to my room. And I didn't sleep that night. (laughs) It's a good thing I brought my 3DS, but I didn't see it the next morning. I didn't hear anything from it. In fact, I haven't seen it since. And I'm sure it's got to be a dream. I, I have to be sure of that, but I can't shake the feeling. It just felt so real. But my whole life, I've had strange feelings of being watched, but that night in particular something is just so off about it and uh, <laughs> i haven't seen the hallway the same way since either it's hard to very strange that isn't actually the last time i saw it and i can i can go into a bit of detail i remember it was about uh 2 3 years ago i was, I was just washing my face i was obsessed with getting rid of my acne which has just started to appear at the time and i'm washing my face very brief encounter, but I look up and there it is again, because the way my bathroom is faced, if I have the sliding door open, you can see the stairs, and there's this little triangle piece that acts kind of as an arcway, kind of a window to the stairs and then to the entry room to my house. And I remember, I'm washing my face, and I'm, I'm drying it with a towel, and I look up, and in the mirror, because I had the door open, it was standing, like, behind the window, and what's Concerning about that is that means it was a different height than last time, which either implies that it's a different entity, whatever you want to call it, altogether, or it's the same one with an adjusted height. Because when it was at my parents' bedroom door, it was pretty tall. I'd say a solid seven foot five, maybe a little bigger. And it was hunched over, had its neck to one side. I, I didn't go into a lot of detail, but it was very misty looking. It's hard to describe. It was a solid mist. It wasn't pure black. It was like a charcoal grayish black. It's weird. It looked like it had indents for eyes, but no eyes were there. There were no eyes. It was just a solid, darkish figure in light. And it looked like its gas, whatever you want to call it. it, was kind of shifting a little bit. Like it was resembling a humanoid, but I don't think it had to. And then when I saw it again on the stairs, the way my stairs are positioned, when I saw it the second time, since it was behind the window, the stairs are much lower than that little window piece, meaning it had effectively stretched itself up from the lobbyish area to the living room where my bathroom is. And that's a bit concerning because that means it's like <laughs> eight, foot five, like nine foot five, even, you'd have to be really tall to reach the window from the stairs. But just very creepy, very strange. In fact, there might be some backstory to it. My mom is super into the paranormal, did a bunch of investigations years back into our house, its history, all that good stuff. Turns out the complex I live in is actually built on a burial ground i don't know what type of burial ground i'm unsure what type i would even refer to it as but yeah we are officially on some burial ground unofficial but a burial ground nonetheless but that admittedly that is a little bit concerning and might explain what happened but it's just very very strange very strange anyway that's all i have to share I hope you have a good night and I'll see you later. Goodbye.
1: Thank you, Eric, for calling in. A long, dark thing, slumped over and sliding on the floor. I don't know. It sounds like some sort of creature to me. But of course, how it got there, that's the million-dollar question. Was this creature somehow of extraterrestrial origin? Did some slug-like alien invade Eric's home? Perhaps it's something more akin to dimensional travel. A creature from a different plane of existence. Or maybe something primordial. An ancient being that's so old, so established, that the rules of our world don't really apply to it. Maybe something tethered to the mysterious burial grounds beneath Eric's home. Or as Eric seems to suspect, a wild yet realistic dream. A simple figment of his overactive imagination. Now per usual, I have very little in the way of answers, but I do thank you Eric for sharing the entry. Whatever it is, it certainly made my skin crawl. Now one thing you might not know about me is that I love to cook. Sarah and I cook at home a lot, because we live in a small town without a lot of restaurant choices. But one obstacle we often run into, especially during the busy work week, is we don't know what to cook, and we get tired of eating the same thing over and over again. Thankfully, tonight's sponsor, Green Chef, helps us keep meals interesting, with tons of variety, seasonal ingredients, and customization options. Now we can choose from 50 plus flavorful weekly menu and market items with options to mix and match meals from different dietary preferences in the same box. Now Green Chef meal kits come right to your door, which keeps us from aimlessly wandering the grocery store aisles. They even have easy 10 minute lunches with nutritious recipes, which are extremely helpful when I'm on a strict deadline and I don't have time to make a whole production out of lunch. So feel your best this summer season with easy, balanced, delicious meals that support your healthy lifestyle. Go to GreenChef.com forward slash MonstersAmongUs60 and use code MonstersAmongUs60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's GreenChef.com forward slash MonstersAmongUs60 with code Us 60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. And as always, supporting our sponsors supports the show. So thank you for listening. Now back to that stick structure you found. Now let's keep with the trend of shapeless intruders and welcome Joseph from Utah to the show.
6: Hi Derek, this is my first apparition encounter. My name is Joseph, I'm from Utah. So this call happened back in my, the house I grew up in when I was younger, the house I spent 21 years of my life in. I'm in a town in about the center of Utah called Manti. My dad used to work property preservation, which is where they'd clean up foreclosed homes and they would clean them, winterize them, and make them look good so that they could put the house up for sale again. and My family used to leave a lot of times on these jobs because they would take a long time and they'd leave me home alone. I was still really young at the time, so I really didn't go with them to help. I was six years old when this happened, but it's known amongst all my family that our house was what you would call haunted. I was terrified of the dark all my life. I never stepped foot outside in the dark on my own until I was 16 years old. So that can give you a little bit of explanation of how terrified I was. But either way, this was a five-bedroom house. We had a big yard. We had a garage and three sheds on it. And there was three bedrooms downstairs. And then upstairs, there was two bedrooms side by side, one longer one and one smaller one. My bedroom was based upstairs in the smaller bedroom. And if you were to sit right next to the doorway, you could lean your head out and see down the stairway. I used to have my desk on the corner of the room closest to the stairway, and I had my old ancient cube monitor with my old computer, and i just sit there and watch movies on it. And I remember I used to always leave the lights on in the house, every single light. When I was home alone, my parents would stay gone sometimes overnight on these jobs because it was easier to stay overnight than go back the next day. And I just remember that I heard footsteps walking through the house. A very distinct sound of heavy, big boots of a big guy. You know, my dad was a relatively big dude too, so it sounded like he was walking through the house, but he was gone, no one was there but me. My whole family, my brother Delano, Ezra, my sister, Mikel, my brother Drell, my dad, my mom, were all gone. And I just remember hearing footsteps walking through the house, And right below the stairway was the kitchen. And right across from the kitchen was another bedroom. So there was a hallway that crisscrossed the stairs. I remember after I heard those footsteps, I leaned backwards on my chair out the doorway to look down the stairwell. And I saw a full-fledged black smoke apparition of a man No features at all, it was just black. Blacker than black, and I had every single light on in the house, so this was very obvious to see. And I stared at it for maybe a few seconds before it walked to the other side of the stairway and disappeared. All right, that's my story. Thank you very much, I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks, Joseph.
1: No, I'm not a doctor, not a law official, or even a parent. But I think six is too young to be left alone in any home, let alone a haunted one. And perhaps that all plays into Joseph's experience. I'm sure at six years old, home alone, your paranoia would be working overtime. Now, of course, that's not to say that what Joseph claims he saw wasn't real. It's still entirely possible. But given all that time that joseph spent alone it's no wonder he experienced strange happenings real or imagined so thanks again joseph for sharing the encounter with us and i hope you're no longer alone now folks outside of joining our patreon where you can access about 85 hours of additional content you can also support the show by proudly displaying and wearing our merchandise from our official shop just visit com and click on the shop tab to explore our carefully curated collection of hats, shirts, totes, pins, patches, posters, and even stickers. All designed exclusively for Monsters Among Us by your favorite paranormal and supernatural themed artists. And they're all printed on quality material. Again, visit the website at com and pick up something today. We sure do appreciate the support. Now this next one might not exactly fit UFO standards. For one, it doesn't seem to be fly. But I can't help but think it somehow fills tonight's quota for that sort of activity. So fans of strange, unidentified lights, get a load of Chris's entry out of California.
3: Hello, this is Chris Odin. I live in Woodland Hills, California. I work DoorDash, so I I end up driving a lot, especially at night, and recently, as in like five minutes ago, I just found a place to park to call to tell you about this. So the day is May 1st, the time is 11.15pm. This takes place on either Country Club Road or Wood Ranch Road in the Country Club area of uh, Simi Valley. I was driving down the street, about 50 miles an hour, and it's fairly clear outside. There's not a lot of stars visible, but there's no clouds either. When I see, you know, traveling down the street, like near the sidewalk, this pillar of red light that is probably, I estimated to be about three feet tall, and it's kind of like weaving, if that makes sense, kind of leaning back and forth as it's traveling in the same direction that I'm traveling. And I looked at it from a couple of different, like I moved around in my car to try to see if it was like a glare or a reflection of something or other. And it stayed, it like it tracked, it kept going and it, like, it didn't seem to warp or change based on my positioning in the vehicle. And then we got to a part of the road where there were a bunch of trees on the median between the road and the sidewalk that would very briefly obscure my vision of the entity. And it blinked out of existence as it passed behind one of these trees. This has got to be like the fourth unsettling, if not downright spooky thing I've seen while door dashing. Hope that's enjoyable. I'm freaked out. I'm going to go home now. (laughs) Have a good night.
1: Thanks, Chris. Now, I know that area pretty well. And I can think of no reason why something like that would ever be witnessed on a public sidewalk there. But that said, Woodland Hills is essentially an L.A. suburb. And if you know anything about the L.A. area, it's that things have a tendency to get a little... Strange there. So maybe this occurrence isn't quite as odd as we first thought. Is this some sort of art installation? The newest tech that only the elite know about? Or something perhaps from out of this world? A big thanks to Chris for dropping by to share the story. And an even bigger thanks for pulling over before you left your entry. My editor, who also happens to be me... Appreciates that. Now with a strange light story under our belt, let's fulfill our duty of adding a ghostly entry as well. This one, also from the state of California, should do nicely. If you would, please welcome Jay to the
7: program. Hi Derek, my name, well I'll just keep it anonymous and I'll just go by Jay. I'm a longtime listener and I've actually submitted an account on my childhood home with like maybe a possible spirit messing around with inner house and like messing with the doors and like door hinges and stuff. But anyways, I was listening to an earlier season. I think it was season eight where you mentioned the city of Oxnard in California and you had mentioned the haunted Walmart there in Oxnard and it was, you know, had me thinking of my days working at Ross. So I live um, within like the Oxnard area. So anyways, I wanted to call in for these like two things that happened while I was working there from like 2010 through 2012. So I moved out to Oxnard in 2010 and I started to work at Ross shortly after. And again, this is a Ross that's like located right in that Walmart. I worked there as a cashier and like a salesperson, which was It's pretty much that person who like walks around the floor and like picks up things off the the floor, like clothes and just kind of like merchandise and stuff. So I remember this one night I was near the feeding rooms and I was picking up things off the floor and we had closed the store. So like there was no customers and it was only just myself and maybe like four or five other employees just kind of like in our own department picking up stuff so I'm by the three rooms and I'm like picking up things and I'm like squatting and I'm like trying to move as quickly as I can because I just want to get done and I want to go home. Anyways, I'm squatting on the floor and I feel like a hand like touch my butt. (laughs) It's so dumb, but like I, I really get up and like, I turn around and I'm ready to like go off on someone because I'm like, who the hell's touching me? And no one's there. I'm like, Oh, like, I, I know I felt that. I felt it. I felt someone touch me. I'm like looking around and I'm like replicating my movements and I'm trying to debunk it. And I just couldn't figure it out. So I'm like, you know what? Whatever. And so I just figured I imagined it or let's just move on. And that was it. So fast forward to 2012, I am now a stockroom supervisor and I am. With my team, and we usually would go in really early, like at 4 a.m. to unload the truck that would arrive at around the same time. So, you know, we start really early. So anyways, this particular morning, I and two other employees are the first to enter the store. And we headed straight to the brick room like we usually did just to put our stuff away. And in the break room there is a cash office which requires a key to get into that specific room and the cash office it's like the size of like a little walk-in closet kind of a thing but it's like really small so anyways we enter the break room me and these two other girls and we hear like immediately as we walk in we hear like clinking and clanking kind of noises coming from the cash office and I and the cash office girl, we like recognize this, like we look at each other, we recognize the sound right away. Like we, we, We're very familiar with the sound because we know that that's like the sound that the the cash and the coin containers make when like you move them around. And so we look at each other and the other girl's there and, and we're just like freaked out. And, and my heart sank because I was thinking like, oh crap, like someone's in the store, someone broke in. And we're all just like staring at each other And we know no one else is in the store. Like, I had keys to the store. I opened the door, let the girls in, and deactivate the security alarm. So, like, no one else was in there. And so we're hearing these noises, which seems like forever, but it's, like, probably, like, one or two minutes or something. And for some dumb reason, I head over to the cash office. And I open it, and there's no one in there. So that was weird. Like, we're all just shocked, right? Because we heard the noises, we heard the the, the noises, the clinking and the clanking. And me and the other girl, of course, we know what that sound is. So, um, you know, uh, they just, we didn't know what to make of it So I just closed the door and carried on. The rest of the team came in, the truck came in, and we just carried on as usual. So later on in the morning, when the store officially opened, I'm telling the opening manager of what happened, and she's like, "What?" Like, and I'm like, "Yeah, like it, it totally happened." And so she's like, "Let's look at the security cameras," which I'm like, "Duh, like they could have looked at that." So we go into uh, looking at the security cameras, and we're looking at the one that's in the the cash office, and we can see the the little containers that I had mentioned. Like, you can see them kind of like. It, on the video, it looks like it's like kind of like wiggling or like like a, like moving a little bit, but then it follows by one of them falling on the floor. But it doesn't just fall. It looks like it was tossed on the floor. It it looks like it immediately like slides the opposite direction that it was thrown. So, it's like it's tossed from the right to the left. But when it falls and lands, it doesn't keep moving to the left. It moves back to the right. So it it doesn't make sense. So we're stunned and unfortunately I didn't record it on my phone like by the time I you know I had a phone everything I could have recorded but I just figured that it was in the records on the cameras and I would look it up any other time and just like you know capture it but I never did so those were my two encounters and and I had heard from like other coworkers that there was like weird stuff that would happen in the store and like people felt kind of uncomfortable like in the back stock area so I never really heard of other people's particular stories. It's just kind of this weird vibe. So anyways, I wanted just to share my story. I have plenty of more, some involving my child, so that's kind of weird too, but I'll call in another time. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Bye.
1: Thank you, Jay. You know, I worked at a haunted grocery store once. The last couple years of high school, I worked for our local grocery store. Eventually, I worked my way up as manager of the frozen foods department. But before that, it was what they called a... Checkout boy. Or person, I suppose. I'd stock shelves, straighten items, and... I'd bag everyone's groceries. And at the end of the night, I was in charge of cleaning the entire store. Sweeping all the aisles. Taking out all the trash. And we had a floor buffer that ran on propane. And we took turns running that each evening. And at the very end of the shift... We had to turn off the lights. Well, the front end of the store was pretty dated. Uneven floors, tiles that didn't match, leaky ceilings, narrow aisles. But the back room, the break room, and the basement storage area, well, those places were literal nightmares. And turning off those lights meant that you had to go down there, alone. Now, the company used the back part of the basement as a long-term storage area. And if you dug deep enough, you could get to up underneath the main office that sat in the front entrance of the store. Now, the area beneath that section was quite old. To give you an indication, the floor was still made of dirt. Now, there were strange objects stored there. Old cash registers. Maybe old butcher equipment stack of newspapers but it was gross grimy and undoubtedly haunted other employees would report hearing voices coming from back there the lights would turn themselves back on after you've turned them off and something even I experienced was someone softly whistling a tune by that back part with the dirt floor now that store is still there It recently changed owners, and changed names, and probably store policy. It takes a lot to rattle me, but I always hated going down there. Many years later, I might have discovered why. I found a book on the history of my hometown, and through that I discovered that the front office of the store used to be a standalone building that served as the town's first funeral home and that basement area with the dirt floor. Yeah, you guessed it. That's where they used to prepare the bodies. I'm just happy I didn't know all that. And I used to have to go down there at 11 o'clock at night to switch off the lights. Now, the youngsters working night shift weren't the only ones to complain of unseen visitors. The bakers and butchers would often come in super early to start their shifts, typically around 4 a.m. And they had an abundance of odd encounters. Many of them sounded exactly like this real experience that occurred in a Wilmington, Massachusetts, Market Basket grocery store just a few short years ago.
0: I was
8: riding on a cake for a customer here, and then when I turned around to get uh, walk back to the customer, the little lady was chilling over there. So she was right here, just staring, staring at me. I saw this woman who, she was older and kind of short, and um, she had gray curly hair with like a little nightgown on and a nightcap. And um, I looked down, just kind of like not registering what I was seeing. And then when I looked up, she was gone. And so I went up and down all the aisles looking for her. And I just decided she was a ghost. She looked kind of, like, melancholy and a little angry, so it was kind of a creepy kind of sense, Um, but it was something. I guess I would want her to come back, maybe, and, like, I could talk to her. I don't know if you can talk to ghosts, but I think it'd be cool just to see what she's up to.
1: Now that clip courtesy of WBTS, NBC News 10 out of Boston. And that story sounds awfully similar to a story that... Brenda told us from our bakery back in my days at the store. So watch yourselves out there, grocery store workers. Like I always say, places with tons of traffic at certain points then none at others. Prisons, hospitals, libraries, churches, that sort of thing. Those places are never really empty. And thank you again, Jay, for showing us another example Now, with those two entries in our rear view mirror, let's get back into the monsters. This time with an entry from that state of North. Please join me in welcoming Kendall to the program.
8: Hi, this is Kendall. I'm calling from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Previously, I heard your story about the frogman, I believe, and I had a sighting about four years ago. I was driving home. At one in the morning, because I worked late at the time, and I was at a stoplight, and there was, it was almost like a giant frog, the size of a dog, but its legs were stretched out, and my first thought was maybe like a very large alligator, and I know that sometimes we have pets that get out like people have exotic animals but it like slowly crawled across the street and I thought maybe you know it was in my head but I turned over and looked at the other person at the stoplight and we rolled on our windows and we were like oh did you see that and we were just both thought we were crazy and the light turned green and we drove away and I haven't thought about it until I heard in the Ohio area about Frogman. So, I'm not really sure what happened, but I thought I would call in and uh, share my sighting.
1: Thank you, Kendall. Now, where have we heard this one before? Oh yeah, it's very reminiscent of the Loveland Frogman of Ohio lore. And it's also worth noting that this description is similar to the Toadman story that we played back on Season 13, Episode 18. A large toad, frog, or amphibian-like creature, covered in thick, warty skin. You know the type. And if I'm honest, it's also indicative of another report that I received recently. A call out of the Volunteer State of Tennessee. This call, in fact. From a caller named Angela.
9: Hey, this is Angela from Tennessee. I'm a nurse. Or I'm retired now. And for a, quite a while, I had to travel about an hour one wet trips to where I worked at as a nurse. So I've seen several weird things, you know, while driving. Only two things that I would kind of put in the paranormal category. Okay, a friend and I were sharing this ride back one evening. And we're on this long stretch of road, and we're having, a, a you know, fun, uh, you know, shooting the breeze back and forth with each other, talking about, you know, things at work and just, you know, having a, just a little happy time. Well, all of a sudden, from the left side of the road I'm driving, from the left side, the driver's side, we see this thing. It was like a dark grayish, brown, greenish color It was probably about the size of a medium-sized dog, but it wasn't a dog. If you have ever seen the movie The Water Horse, and it shows the little baby Loch Ness Monster, and I know everybody's going to laugh. I'm used to it. That's exactly what it looked like, except it was much smaller. It was almost like a scene from a movie. She and I had been having a really fun time laughing, talking to each other, and then all of a sudden, once this creature just shoots across the front of my car. Both of us go dead silent. Then we look at each other, and she says, did you see that? And I'm like, yep. And she's like, what did you see? I said, I don't know. What did you see? Well, what did you see? Well, we go back and forth like that for about two or three minutes. And then finally, I just go for it. And I said, well, what I saw had a long tail and a long head and four legs, and a roundish kind of chubby body. And as it ran on four legs, it was bobbing its long neck and its tail in unison with each other. She said, yep, that's pretty much what I saw too. So from then on, we just kind of continued on our journey, had about 40 more minutes to go before we got home. We never said anything after that. I mean, I don't know how you top a journey like that off, really. So, I know I have told a couple of people this, and it kind of reminds me of the video of the dinosaur that was caught, you know, on video down in Florida. That seemed to look like a raptor-type thing. And yes, I know, I've heard all the stories. Yes, a baby brontosaurus is thousands of pounds. But I'm just saying that that's what it looked like. Could it have been a lizard? Possibly, but I'm telling you, go back and look up the water horse and look and see what the little baby thing looked like, and that's what I saw. Except it was years before that movie actually came out, and of course I've seen The Lot Next Monster. I mean, that sounds crazy, but I'm saying this was smaller, about the size of a medium-sized dog, probably about 40 to 50 pounds, around right in that category. It would have probably been I had a Toyota Camry. It would have been probably about the length of the tip of its tail to its nose. It was probably almost as wide as my Camry as I was coming down the road. Crossed in front of my path, I almost thought I was gonna hit it. Happened so quickly, but clear night, summertime, all kinds of stars out, and there it goes. He just shoots across right in front of us, and from then on, we're like, okay. But anyway, (laughs) I love the podcast and I wanted to tell this story. I know it'll probably get a lot of laughs, but I saw it, she saw it, and to this day, both of us would put my hand on her, I don't care how many facts of Bibles, and saw what I saw. Anyway, keep up the good work. I love my Patreon subscription. I've started back listening to a lot of the old shows again because I love them so much. Anyhow, thank you for letting me tell my story. Thank you. Bye bye.
1: Thanks, Angela. You know, I love stories like this one. Clearly, she saw something cross that route. And it sounds like her passengers saw it as well. So the question now on everyone's mind is... What was it? What sort of creature could possibly match that description? And to answer that, we had to do some digging. I had a few ideas up front. The obvious suggestions... A dog, a muskrat, a beaver. Some known animal that simply darted out in front of her car. And the passing glance was not enough to glean the details necessary to positively ID the creature. But then I started thinking outside the box. What if this was a super rare animal? Something that lives in the Tennessee area but few people see. A hellbender salamander, which is essentially a two-foot-long salamander that lives in that area. Or what if it's one of those invasive species? Tennessee has its fair share of them. Nutria live in several waterways in the state. A capybara was captured in eastern Tennessee back in 2017. And there's this giant South American lizard named the tegu that's already spread as far as Georgia. Georgia. So, it's entirely feasible that it may have reached parts of Tennessee as well. But you know, none of those descriptions really match what Angela described. Her account made it seem more like an aquatic canine than anything else. And when I put those two words together, my front-runner for this case suddenly emerged. Back in August of 2020, video was taken of something strange swimming in Virginia's James River the creature seemed to match Angela's description to a T it's a long, sleek dog-sized and shaped creature swimming through muddy water now I've posted the clip up in the show notes so go take a look but I'll tell you what I think it is and it's the same thing that I think Angela and her co-worker saw that evening Lantra Canadensis the river otter The physical appearance is a near match. The green coloration could be explained by some clinging vegetation, perhaps algae or duckweed. And otters can be found in Tennessee. And I imagine it would be a shock to suddenly see one, as they're not creatures that people often witness. But here is the one problem. I'm not so sure your typical river otter is big enough to match what Angela described. Otters seemed to top off at about 25 pounds. And the witness estimated her creature to weigh upwards of 40 or 50 pounds. And the length is an issue as well. Angela claimed the animal she witnessed was as wide as her Camry. Now without knowing the exact year and package, I took a guess, and it seems that the front end of a newer Toyota Camry is somewhere around 72 inches and the max length for an otter is only around 53 inches. So could Angela's judgment be off by 20 or so inches? Or am I possibly barking up the wrong tree? Now honestly, who really cares? Because you're all here to learn about monsters of one variety or another. And I think this creature, whatever it is, falls into that category. And as we'd like to do here at Monsters Among Us, we offer up alternative explanations as well. So, in 2009, a couple in Hamblin County, Tennessee, was exploring a cave on their property when they disturbed a creature deep beneath the ground. The witness, known only as Leslie, reported the following. The creature was described as four feet in length No hair on the face, white skin, human features. The body covered in brown hair, with short legs, heavy paws, and with claws that are flattened on the end. It can climb cave walls and freeze in place. Now Leslie suggested that the creature could be a cousin of the Bigfoot, but only smaller. Now this creature later became known as the Tennessee Cave Creature, and in smaller circles, Slothfoot, on account of its resemblance to the long-extinct ground sloth that once lived in abundance in the area. Now given the location of the discovery, some suggested the creature may more likely resemble the Munlunta, or the infamous Spearfinger. And who better to hear this Cherokee legend from than a storyteller of the tribe? Here is the Spearfinger legend by Kathy Littlejohn
10: spearfinger was a different type of supernatural creature because she was covered in like a rock like skin no arrows no spears could penetrate that but the scariest thing of all about spearfinger is she is a shapeshifter. so you could be out with your friends and the person you thought was your friend would slip behind you and take her razor sharp spear finger that she kept hidden spear you through the liver pull it out and eat it bloody and raw but there was a Cherokee village near here that heard that she was and she was close by so they decided that they were going to try to trap her and they dug a big pit all around their village and then they covered it they were hoping she would fall in and they could kill her well her favorite time of year was the fall like today because the cherokees would go out and gather chestnuts and they would set fire to the leaves so that they could find the, the chestnuts So when she saw the smoke, she hurried over because she knew she could hide and watch and get someone maybe on the outskirts. And they set men, their best bowmen, along the way and hid. So they hid for a long time, and then they heard someone coming. And when they saw her, she was a tiny, little, old lady. And they couldn't shoot her. But then she fell. She fell in that and she screamed and took on her natural form, which was horrible. They ran to the edge and they shot her and they threw rocks and they threw spears at her and it just bounced off her body. They didn't know what to do. And finally, a little bird flew down and landed on her shoulder as if to say, shoot her here. So they doubled their efforts and shot her there. Nothing. Then another bird came and landed on the tip of her spear finger. And when they looked, they could see it. It was about as big as as the end of my finger, and it was black. But it was beating, and that's where her heart was. So the best bowman drew back and shot her right through the heart, and it killed her.
1: Now that clip comes to us from WATE, ABC News 6 out of Knoxville. And admittedly, this explanation has taken sort of a giant sloth spin. Both the sloth foot and the spearfinger stories remind me of that long extinct creature. A hair-covered, almost human-looking animal that could grow up to nine feet tall, with razor-sharp claws on its forehands used for digging. But I'm not so sure any of this explains away Angela's experience, or even provides any sort of closure to it. But there was one element to the Spearfinger legend that connects all of this together. Unhulunta is said to be a shapeshifter. She can take the form of any animal, or perhaps in Angela's case, a brand new one. A big thanks to both Angela and Kendall for sharing those entries. I love a good mysterious animal story. And both these ladies certainly delivered. And you know I also love when a good animal story gives me an excuse to talk about surviving giant sloths and shape-shifting spear-fingered entities. But for now, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you had a monstrous time exploring these beastly entries. And I want to thank you so much for joining us here this evening for tonight's creature feature. Now, as always, Monsters Among Us is written and produced by me, Derek Hayes. Additional support is provided by Sarah Carter Hayes and Delaney Bowers. Copyright Red Crow Media. All media used in this production is done so under the protection of fair use. And if you like what you hear, jump on social media and give us a follow. And while you're at it, join us on YouTube. A like and follow there goes a long way. And speaking of long ways, a rate and review goes a long way as well. If you can't get enough of the show, be sure to check us out on Sundown 96.6 on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern or the Un-X Network, Saturdays at 11 p.m. Eastern. And if you like the score, just go to YouTube and search for Iron Cthulhu Apocalypse, Music, and Carl Casey, and White Bat Audio. Now thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget what I told you at the end of last week's episode. And please, keep it spooky, and have a good night. You didn't think I'd do a monster episode without featuring the big guy, did you? What kind of host do you think I am? Well, here to represent the foot is Amber out of Arkansas.
11: Hello, this is Amber, and I have been listening to your podcast. I absolutely love it. The story I have today is when I was about eight, my dad was driving me home from my family who babysat me. We live in Arkansas, and my family, since the 1800s, my family has owned a lot of land in a town called Lavaca, but for about 10 miles, it's nothing but woods. So they own this dirt road we were driving on. I have like four family members on that trip. Home. So my dad was driving me, and it was probably like 8 p.m. at night. We've never forgot this. And in front of us, it looked kind of like a man walking, but. Actually, it was like a Bigfoot. Like, it looked exactly like the description. It looked like a man that was, like, completely hairy, and he was walking like a person. It crossed in front of us, and as it was crossing, it looked at us and stared at us. And then it just kept walking back into the woods. And we were not scared or anything, but it was just the craziest experience I've ever had. Most people don't believe me. So that's my stuff. I'll probably call back later.
1: But, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, Amber. Now, one might not think of Sasquatch when they think of Arkansas. But like many states before it, the natural state has recently embraced its relationship with the elusive creatures. If that's a path you'd like to wander down, I've linked to a video out of the state of Arkansas that showcases all the ways that it's incorporated the legend. That's MonstersAmongUsPodcast.com. And click the show notes tab. Now, if you don't mind, it's time for us to go beyond. If you'd like to join us for this exclusive content in the back half of tonight's program, simply visit patreon.com and search for Monsters Among Us Podcast. Once you've landed on our page, support one of our levels. $1 is ad-free. $5 gets you all the bonus content. And $8 is for people that just really love the show and want to give just a little bit more. Once you've signed up, follow the directions pinned to our page to listen to this bonus content via your favorite podcatcher. And just like that, it'll update, just like all the free podcasts do. And right now, Patreon is allowing for free trials of seven days. So what are you waiting for? Do it. Do it. Now, let's kick off tonight's Beyond, beginning with this entry from Kia in Arizona.
11: Hi, my name is Kia. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. This just happened about an hour and a half ago, so 8.30, maybe 8 o'clock local time. My brother went out to let the dogs out to go potty, and I hear him shout, Hey, Kia, come out here. And I think it's something silly, something foolish, you know. I couldn't figure out what, but then he said it again, and I was worried that something was wrong with my puppy, so I got off the couch, and I go outside, and he points up at the sky, and our backyard is kind of a weird angle, I guess, we don't point directly,